What's up, world? It's Cameron Ra. I'm here on the Upgrade America podcast with CJ the Day Slayer, and I also have Matt on the line as well. And we're going to be discussing ransomware. So, Matt, can you tell us a little bit about yourself first? All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Matt. Uh, I've I work with Cam. I've been in the tech world for forever. Um. So. Yeah, my background, I have a, I have a background in, um, uh, it's more like on the storage end and back backup, so it's, I, I got to see a lot of the uh, effects of ransomware up close in real-world examples and uh, had to help, help folks who have been affected by it uh, work through it. Wow, okay. I'm really new to the whole concept of ransomware, and learning about it was kind of shocking, like, the power that these these hackers are holding over like corporations, law enforcement entities and such. So from uh, from a high level, can you tell us what ransomware is and how it works? Yeah, it's 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 like a computer virus, like any other computer virus that you get. Except this virus, the goal is to um, basically it it, it it locks down your computer. It'll it can spread across like your network, or it can lock down a machine and like one server in general, or it can affect. It can spread to everything. Um, most of the time, it, it, it hits everything. Uh, it, what it'll do is usually it'll encrypt your data, the, the files on the computer, with an encryption key that only the hackers can unlock. Uh, so it it will be, it basically you have no you can't access any of your data on your on your systems and you're, you can go create your entire network wow that's it so, can really it can really do it yeah and now, so what they'll do and right it's called ransomware is that the hackers will say all right i'll give you the encryption key if you pay me x Gosh. And often, more often than not, they ask for it in Bitcoin because that's like an anonymous yeah. uh, currency. Yeah. But my understanding, they used to target like people like you and us, you know, you and I, like, you know, regular people. And they would charge us like 600 bucks to get your oh, yeah. get back all your data. <clears throat> but then they realized that they could get far more money from targeting organizations you know, and, and they started taking that approach, but it's pretty crazy. But do you see this trend growing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, it keeps, you know, it's evolving, you know, I mean, there's there's things that can beat it, and then, you know, the, the hackers will come out with new stuff. It's just like cat and mouse kind of a, you know, thing with, like, like, all, like all computer, uh, you know, viruses are always evolving, and hackers are coming out with new tricks and finding new ways to exploit and you know it's it's definitely something because especially if you can make it's something you can hack and make money doing there there are companies that will just pay just to get their data back if, if, and if that's they what i to. heard the fbi was this was back in the day but the fbi was actually encouraging the companies to pay because really? there's like really no workaround to uh you know to getting it unencrypted but yeah, my it, question it, is how do they get it on the network in the first place like how do they how do they in, in infect the or penetrate the, the system? It, you know, it could be a, a number of ways. Usually, I mean, you could get it just like you would get any other virus. You, you could you could trick someone into to installing something. You know, you, you, mm. you could spear Okay. You could get the link that looks like, oh, it looks legitimate, but instead it actually installs this program on the back end and then it can replicate, you know, 
across. There's also ways, you know, if there's remote exploits that they can, someone can take over your computer. There are expo server exploits where hackers can, uh, if you know, if you're not all patched up all the way, if you don't have all the security patches, there are exploits in certain flavors of OSs that will allow hackers just to just execute remote commands by themselves. So they'll just say, all right, they'll, they'll get into, you know, your server and they'll just say, all right, execute this, execute this command. And that command is download and run this executable that I'm sending it. That's this ransomware and it'll replicate across wow. your network. Wow. So, so you mean it like, spreads from like every computer that's hooked up to your, yeah. to your network. It's just, yeah. wow. They, yep. I, yeah, got a, I guess I got a question, Matt. Um, would have there been any cases? I can ask you too, Cam. Have there been any cases of corporations using this, say, use a hacker to do ransomware to gain a corporate advantage, like mm. corporate espionage? I don't know. That's a good. That's that's a good approach. <laughs> no, I, I've heard of that. I've I don't think I've, I've I've heard of that either. But I can't. Who's to say that it has never happened? Yeah, I mean, they could have co someone could covertly, uh, you know, pay someone to attack, you know, harass their 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 you know their uh, their their things that people they compete with. Compared. Apple could be like, hey, I'm delaying the launch of that Samsung phone, you know, <laughs> holding the whole network, the whole network hostage. That would be uh, yeah, be pretty devastating, man. But how how can these cyber criminals be tracked and apprehended? Like, surely they must leave some sort of digital fingerprint, like that. Hey, I'm a hacker. I've been on your your network. Like, or even tracking. Can the Bitcoin wallets be tracked? Uh, see, they're any they don't they're not really tied to an email address. They're tied to the wallet itself, and mm -hmm. only the only the the people with the uh with with the keys to get into them can get into them. So, wow, I don't. They can't be traced really anywhere. Right. Um, I mean, as far as you know, the, the origin of, of of you know, they could look at like some sort of digital fingerprinting, like you said. But there's also ways to spoof digital fingerprints. So most hackers use that. Mm -hmm. So any fingerprints that you find, are, you know, is it is it is it is it a red herring? Is it actually legit? You know, it's you can't even tell. So it's very 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 hard unless they unless they get. Unless they're sloppy, you know, you really can almost never find a, a good hacker that can, you know, know, knows how to cover their tracks. We're like in the digital wild, wild west. Yeah, like, I was thinking the uh, same thing. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. back in the day, you know, it was brute force. Like the strong would do all like the robberies and stuff like that. But now it's like these super smart hackers, they're doing some devastating things. But there's, we don't have like law and order you know like what was it the the agency that like before the fbi it was like the pinkertons or something like that and they did all the, the, the stuff in the wild wild west like okay, yeah. there's is what is there for um uh, for citizens now um I think, it's, too. I think it's just the fbi Wow. And I, I know they have their cyber crimes unit, but that's a unit, my understanding, you're dealing more with corporate espionage, cyber terrorism, and things along that nature. But people who, for instance, if you get your phone stolen, and that's a, I believe that's a $3 billion issue that's, uh, that's happening in America is the theft of phones. Yeah. And there's, the police can do little, you know, to, to help you with that. Huh. But on things of this nature, like, I don't know. I, I, this, I suppose that brings you to my to my other question: Is 
What are your thoughts on a nationwide jurisdiction cyber police to handle incidents like this and smaller scale cyber crimes and electronic thefts? Like we're going to upgrade America. Things are getting more digital. Crimes are getting more digital. I think we need some sort of law enforcement to manage this because the FBI can't, they can't do all this. They're, they're going to have their hands full. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I could see the value in that. I mean, because, you know, everyone's got a, I mean, you have to, any, any company or any of them has to have security, security, everything's did, like you said, everything's digital now. So security is just another, that's just another cost that any company or any business entity or anything would have to always, you know, you know, keep, you know, keep mind of. So I think, if if that's a cost that you're going to incur, you know, you want to have some sort of, you know, you know, uh, someone to back you up in case there does something, you know, there is something that goes wrong and uh, you, need, you need to engage law enforcement. Because it's like, okay, if my physical property, you know, gets stolen, technically, you know, in the physical world, we have law and order. And, and it's like, yeah, we pay through it through taxation, but it's not like, hey, like you have to buy antivirus, you have to purchase your police, you, you don't have that. So I think like, Citizens in a digital age, they're entitled to some sort of uh, digital security, you know, uh, for their, because our entire lives are on the internet, like our data and even corporate company data, for instance, like there's an incident with, um, it was a sheriff county in Maine and they got hacked by ransomware. And I'm not sure the implications of what that resulted in, but I could see a similar scenario with people who are going to trial and all their cases and everything is like, hey, this data is frozen. And then you could very well have murderers getting off because, you know, they, they certain stipulations where they have to let them go because of evidence is like frozen or, or things of that nature. I don't know. It's... Uh, it's it's really terrifying that these people can can do this to people and other people in organizations. Yeah, really. It's like if well, I can give share a personal you know something that happened with me with my in my previous job. Um, we I worked for a company that did backup and recovery mm-hmm. uh, software, and I was in tech tech support. So you know I was I was one of the higher level techs, so I saw all the the cool all the all the big stuff that would come in. So one of them was uh, a, a casino that we that had our software that su- that we supported uh, in in Atlantic City. The board it was the Borgata, so we backed up the Borgata, and they they we we got a call in that they that everything their whole network was taken over by ransomware, and they were demanding like I think thirty million dollars in pistol <laughs> to get it back. So basically. We had to, they engaged us because we were their backup software. We had we we managed all of their their, their 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 backups of all their servers and everything. So we helped them basically restore their data to prior to before they got hacked. So you guys and, didn't pay? Oh no, they didn't pay. No, they didn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, I guess that's a good case where you know it, it worked out. So you use your disaster recovery. You're saying like exactly, yeah. So for, for all those who are not in the, the IT world, DR or disaster recovery is like, it's the best way to say it. So you have a hard drive, right, on your computer and say that's where all your data is, all your files is. You would have a parallel drive on the cloud in another state somewhere far away 
where it has everything all an exact duplicate, an exact yeah, replica of your hard drive would be somewhere far away. So in the unlikely event it uh, got damaged, or in this case, you know, the ransomware, you could recover all that. But the th- the problem is with big corporations, they have mad data, like a lot of data to store. So it, it, just the process of backing it up, how, how long did it take for you guys to get back online? Um, it took days. It took like a week for them to get back online. But, you know, so just... Bring, that's a lot of time. Just, yeah. yeah, it was a while. And so think about that as a casino, too. How much money oh, your father... Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What did, what so did they estimate why, the, the lose? Um, it wasn't... I don't think it was too terrible because I think the part of the network that got... It wasn't anything that managed um the money or the the operations i think they they didn't it wasn't as devastating as it could have been but um but they said it was definitely it was in the millions of of how much you know it it cost them as far i i I hope it was under 30 million because you know it was yeah okay that's cool it's not even really a great. I don't know why the FBI would say it's okay to pay or encourage people to pay because usually what they'll do is the hackers will leave like a remote a, a back door. They'll leave themselves a back door. You're 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 putting everything on, on them to, to to hold up the bargain. All right, here's your thirty million dollars, Mr. Hacker. Uh, please don't leave any back doors and and lock me again in two months, which is which has happened before. And that's what I heard. There's reoccurring attacks as well yeah they'll leave leave behind the back door so the back door means that they can just come back in now does it leave any connection to where they were previously that back door it depends what it depends how they it depends what kind of back door they leave so i mean they could just create like a random account you know you wouldn't even know it like all right the hackers have control they could create an account and then like an uh, an administrator account that you don't even realize it's there and now they have an administrator account they could leave behind they could open up specific like ports on a firewall that you don't really realize that were open and now hey they can get in so there's there's multiple different ways that you can make a back door so this is uh the, t- the technical world it, it can be kind of it's kind of scary because um you know our our lives are on are captured by data you know whether it's health data financial data yeah. um people having access to these things or having you know that access restricted is a, it's, it's a terrifying thought so man yeah, Chris, i got a quick question um yeah if you were leading the initiative for this nationwide cybersecurity division, what would be the first thing you would do if you were huh. in charge of it? If I was in charge, yeah. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, definitely, I I would um. I would probably I would probably reach out to the tech companies themselves to be to, to like maybe the biggest like to, to Microsoft to Apple and to Google and just you know. I would want to build like a relationship almost with them, with the with the with the, the private sector, gotcha. to try to you can see what because those people, those are the guys that are going to be at the forefront of of whatever you know as far as the tech world. Better than a you know a law enforcement agency is going to be more rea- reactive than proactive. So, so what, what I would, would you what would be the intentions of reaching uh, out to Apple and uh, and Microsoft? Just to see what you know. Hey, if there's 
things that we can work together on if there's, you know, because a lot of times there's, you, you heard like where there was that issue where like the te- they get the terrorist phone, but they can't unlock it. Yeah. Yeah, that. and Apple refused to, to yeah. cooperate yeah. with the FBI, I believe exactly. it was. So, some of that would be pretty <laughs> that's that's pretty yeah, gray area right there. Yeah, civil liberties thing, you know, like. Well, our... at the same time, if it's if lives are, um, how do you say, are in jeopardy, then I say we supersede that. I know it's, yeah. it's, it's a gray area, but. Um... And they can get, and nowadays it's almost impossible for to for to, to really have you know something truly un, unbreakable, mm. and. Okay. There's still stuff that could break, you know, any any encryption if you wait long enough. Um, if you just throw enough, if you throw enough, uh, you know, hardware and tech at any any uh, any encryption, you can break it. But it's just how much time do you want to? How much time and resources do you want to spend doing it? Um, I forgot where I was. I was. I had another point and it completely went out of my head. So if I get it, I'll, I'll jump back to it. <laughs> No worries, but I, I want you to elaborate more on the whole brute force uh, hacking attempt. Like, because my understanding, so, like, for instance, a, a four-digit pin, it, it's so many exponents that a computer would have to guess. But when it's six or something longer, it can take a, a, a mighty long time for, for average computers yeah, to Yeah, it's to basically, that. yeah. The, 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 what they, basically, in a nutshell, what they do is, it's almost like you create a, a database or a spreadsheet and okay. think about like every single like cell would be like a combination of like, or a row would be, you know, where they, where, yeah, cell would be wherever they meet. It'd be like a combination of, you know, of, of, of letters and, you know, whatever characters you can put. So the longer the password, the more cells you would need in that Excel spreadsheet or, or tables in that database. And, but you're talking in the, you're talking about, you know, combinations in the, hundreds of billions so you would need like to be able to, to be able to, to run like a database something of that size you need a lot of hardware and processing power it's not like it's you're you're, you're talking and to create something like that that would be like tens of millions of dollars worth of computer hardware you know what i mean i'm talking like really fast even when they come out with it when, when quantum computing and all that stuff comes out who knows how simple it'll be but uh that's probably yeah, topic that's <laughs> That's what I was going to say, the quantum computers, because I heard that's going to be a game changer. And Putin actually compared the race to create the first quantum computer very much like the the arms race in, in the Cold War. Because as oh, you yeah. mentioned, with a quantum computer, you could just bust through them encryptions. Like, exactly. I, I believe they said, like, yeah. computations that would take, let's say, years the, yeah. the quantum computer can knock it out in like seconds, maybe even less. It's it's gonna be a real game changer. Yeah. So you gotta think they could an adversary could bust through all our, our nuclear encryptions, you know, access yeah. our ICBMs because it's 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 kinda terrifying. And I don't know, where where do you think we, we, we stand as as a nation, as our how do you say, our our our, te- our technical readiness? You know, I know we have a cyber command, but um, for large-scale cyber war, I don't know. How do you, how do you think we? Where do you think we stand? I think we we've probably got the. I mean, we're the we're the best. It's ours is the, the best in the world. So I mean, we are the, easily the best as far as cyber defense goes. Um, I would beg to 
I want to interject that, and I don't say as, as far as uh, saying they're better, but I know Israel has an entire, not a command, they have an entire cyber like force. And True. Israel might be, a, you know, either. I don't know I the, the exact I... manpower, but I think it outnumbers, uh, they, they outnumber ours. And I, I that's what I would want in America. And this is different from, um, I want a cyber police force for petty cyber crimes. But at the same time, I want a, uh, a a cyber force, like an additional branch to the Department of Defense, and they would deal with this uh, potential quantum quantum computer arms race and also the the looming threat of artificial intelligence. Because if uh, this thing rolls out and it has some bugs in it, this artificial intelligence and it just starts acting crazy, like we're gonna need every able body to. Uh, to mitigate the damages, but I don't know. I I I'm a uh, I, I foresee a Skynet scenario. I know I'm a bit paranoid, <laughs> but I would want to be. Maybe it's the warrior mentality. We have a contingency operation for everything. I think we need one for Skynet. Just throwing that out there, and I think we're back. Awesome. So, uh, Chris, you had a question? Nah, man. I wanted to ask you. Um... I'll give you one example that freaked me out was uh, Die Hard 4, Live Free and Die Hard. That like that always comes in my mind when I think of cyber terrorism. Mm. Um, perfect example. And then the other thing I was going to ask you, what can everyday citizens do to like avoid getting ransomware attacked or whatnot? Um, they, there is software that can detect um kind of give you early warning of ransomware mm-hmm. um it depends how you how fast you can react um and also definitely um obviously you know just maintain all of your get do do whatever security updates for your OS's, keep those up to date you know mm-hmm. lock down um lock down your internet your network look into like mm-hmm. locking you know seeing what ports you know don't leave everything open to the outside um yeah. on, your, on your like on your network so do VPNs off. help? VPN? No. You're, they're <laughs> coming in. VPNs are going out. Wow. VPNs just make you, they just make you feel secure. Like. Oh, man. Interesting. Okay. I think that's really all I had. I was kind of, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm pretty layman's when it comes to this, but I have read about randomware. Was it ransomware? Sorry, I keep yeah. saying I have read about it in news stories and whatnot. I also remember reading before that the mafia has gone to these types of crimes now. Interesting. They, they've been evolving with uh, yeah. the time, so that makes that makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it is a it is a racket. It's a it's form of shakedown. I didn't consider that. Yeah. But Matt, I think you dropped when I was asking about the the artificial intelligence. Oh, I didn't even hear that. The last thing I heard was you were saying that um, you were saying that Israel has like a, a cyber force that you were saying like part of their do like part of their DOJ. Mm-hmm. That was oh, what awesome. was so then uh, you, you dropped you dropped off for a minute. So yeah, we were talking about Israel with that and how they have a uh, they have their cyber force, and I think that's something that I would like to see replicated in America. Just to fend off quantum uh, computer attacks and yeah. the looming threat of artificial intelligence. So my question for you is, what are artificial 
your AI predictions? Like, what could go wrong? Huh. Well, you'd have to... Well, I mean, I guess you could do it. If you if you programmed, like, an AI uh, virus, that would be some, that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah that's um, all. That's, I, I could well, even imagine. I can think of that. Hmm. And it would have all yeah. the, the power of artificial intelligence, but acting maliciously, that's terrifying. Yeah. Create Skynet, all that. Yeah. And, so, and that's what I, I propose. Like, you got to have some sort of contingency... Uh, contingency plan for an, a Skynet event, but like what do you think it would take? How many coders, how many hackers, how many, uh, you know, uh-huh. um, would you really need like a, a literal army of guys and gals with keyboards to be prepared, or is that not enough? I don't know. I don't even know. I, I mean, if it got... <laughs> that would be crazy. I don't even know if you could keep up with it. It would be faster than any, you know, amount of people but i mean right. i guess the, you know i guess you could try to throw an army of uh <laughs> cyber command at it it might buy you get. five minutes <laughs> <laughs> wow that's crazy but yo you got any, any more questions nah man i think it's highly enlightening it's something i'm pretty i'm like semi-techie semi-old school so i'm like caught in the middle cam always messes with me about it but i am learning <laughs> by talking to him and then hearing you speak about it like i'm learning a lot more about yes yeah. this guy is a is a very technical wizard uh <laughs> I, I like picking his brain out at, on the you know on the job and he has a lot of interesting facts and stories could you uh, briefly tell us that the, the bitcoin story though Cause that blew my mind, oh. and it really did influence <laughs> me to make my first Bitcoin purchase. Yeah, all right. So there was someone who I worked with like a long, long time ago, and he was on like the forefront of Bitcoin, like before anybody really even knew what it was, before it was like even just mainstream. I'm talking like this was probably like 2008, maybe 2006. Uh-huh. A long, like when Bitcoin first came out. So when Bitcoin first came out, they were next to worthless. I mean. The only thing, the only value they held was just other Bitcoiners, other Bitcoin miners just thought they had value. So for years, they stayed stagnant. I mean, Bitcoin was worth nothing. But the, the, the earlier you got in, the easier it was to mine coins. So I, the, the, my, the friend, the, a colleague at work, um, he was in very early and he had like what would be equivalent today, I think it was 60 million, you would have $60 million in Bitcoin today if he had sold any of it. But he found a, he, like, he just held onto his Bitcoin and mined it for a few years and it started gaining more popularity and he found a car insurance company that took Bitcoin. Wow. And he spent all of his Bitcoin paying car insurance for like a year or two. $60 million. He put $60 million in Bitcoin on a car insurance. And he was so happy about that car insurance because it was like free money. Basically, to him, it was like free money. He's like, I'm just paying my car insurance. I don't have to pay. There's no bill. It's free. It's basically free. Because he's mining it. Because you can mine it. You can use your computer to make money. Yeah. And that's what people were doing early 2008. And the value was like, it really wasn't much. But yeah. now something that was, what do you, what do you think it, it started off at? Like back in the day, let's just say it was a hundred dollars. Even if it was a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars, people would be, people would be doing backflips. It was like a, a dollar. 
It was something. Something that was a dollar right now. Hold on. I'm going to tell you the price right this moment. And I love Robin Hood, by the way. (laughs) So right now, it's worth $10,097.04. And it, it goes it goes up and 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 down, but um, this is the the future of of currency. I totally foresee that. That's another issue that I not issue or or topic rather that I wanted to discuss with Matt, but I really wanted him to share that story because it blew my mind and it really yeah. sent me down the, the rabbit hole for <laughs> cryptocurrencies. And I've been oh, yeah. diving deeper yeah. ever since. We never let that guy live it down either. Like sixty million, like you're still here? Aren't you a millionaire? Wow. Oh, you're not a car there. Oh, yeah. He could have retired at like age thirty. He could have been like retired at age twenty-eight or something. Bitcoin millionaire. But what what's, what I what I like about it now is that more and more businesses are accepting bitcoins. Like before, it was it wasn't oh, yeah. so much. But now more and more businesses are accepting it, and I think that's making it more valid as currency. And yeah. it's making it more valuable, too. Mm. But yeah, for that's everyone who's out there, get at least $10 a week. Throw it into Bitcoin. If, the Ameri- if I don't get elected president in 2020, and <laughs> I don't know, let's just say universal basic income pledges the economy to hell, or, or, or something else, you know? Perhaps that Bitcoin will, will, will skyrocket because I believe it was what John McAfee is. He's predicting oh, yeah, it to John be McAfee, uh, yeah. worth. He said by the end of 2020, one Bitcoin that is now uh, $10,000 should be the equivalent of um, 1 million. And I put much thought into that. And since I got you on the line, man, I might as well ask you this. Yeah. Like, I get the concept of hyperinflation and when you have a situation like that it's like things that are a dollar can be you know like five thousand dollars uh-huh. would that overvaluated bitcoin be a how do you say a reaction of that... hyperinflation it might i like, never thought cool, about you have a yeah. million dollars but now that million dollars because there's hyperinflation is really only worth like let's just say 20 grand yeah. I don't so know. I, I, I do believe the, the million dollar Bitcoin is a possibility, but the implications, what it would result in in the global economy is kind of scary. But I'm throwing my it money be, at Bitcoin. Everybody would be Bitcoin. Everyone would be Bitcoin mining the next day. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm, I'm on it. I think it's, it's, uh, it's, so it's I something, a, I something I to look a, into. I guess I got a question for you guys. So, yeah. how much. How much, uh, I guess you could say, should you blend your life with analog and digital as far as security mm. and somewhere? Like, how much should should it be like 60-40? Like, if you had to say for your lifestyle, like, how much do you use analog stuff just in case everything goes to shit? And then how much do you, you got to keep up with the times as well with technology? Now, give me an analog example. What do you mean by that? So like notebook papers, like uh, like you got a bunch of data or something, and you just keep it in a file cabinet, important paperwork, like or something. Nope, like, I'm know. bad with di- I'm bad with uh, physical paper or like CD, organization, like data DVDs and all this kind of shit, like you know stuff like that. 
So I, I, I'll tell it to you this way. I'm all about digital. I don't think we should kill trees, particularly because the Amazon's burning. Yeah, we'll address that. We'll address that on another episode. Did you know that was fake? Cam, did you know that was fake? fake story? Yeah. Oh, really? Amazon is... The Amazon... There was an article in the New York Times that actually said it's not really... There is there is a fire, but it's not as bad as people are making out to be. And it's... The fires were started by... By... But the owners, the fires are, are on land owned by farmers, and the farmers are burning the land. They okay. do it and every I year. I did hear that that it is it, they were man-made started and they were yeah, started by by the burning. farmers, but there's a lot it, of like outlets. So you that can't are like, see it from space. Well, you probably can, but you can see it from space every year. This isn't the worst it's been. It's like this every year. And there was a, there was a, there's, yeah I. If I could dig up the article somehow, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, but yeah, that it raises completely another concern. Because yeah. it's a, and that concern is the media. And it's <laughs> like, we only know what they feed us. And if they're feeding this crap, then it's like, what, what do we really know what's going on? And um, I don't know how so it, yeah, but I don't know how it spiraled out of control, but like, I think it was just kind of started as these clickbaity things, you know, and then and then you get like celebrities on Twitter and whatnot, just like people with you know, hundreds of millions of followers just say the Amazon, the rainforest is on fire, and then everyone just goes, you know, that's it, that's all it takes. Wow, oh. but that goes to show the power of social media, man. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look up like Google. There's like a New York Times article that that basically says, yeah, this fires were started. If you you're on Google, um, uh, the fires were started by like farmers. And it, they do it every. They show even like the burning. They break down like how big the fires were each year, like year on year. So hold on. Amazon fires started by farmers, and I've heard that. Yeah, I heard that. But at the same too. time, it's like uh. I don't even agree they should do that. We should really, and I, shame on, on me for, you know, American meddling in uh, foreign affairs, but we should really um, allocate farming land and what we're going to reserve or preserve rather of the wildlife of the, the lungs of uh, North America. Yeah. So uh, there is an article from New York Times saying uh, Amazon rainforest fires. Here's what's really happening. I'm yeah, gonna check that out. This is gonna be yeah. another. Uh, this is gonna be an entirely different uh, topic that we're gonna <laughs> research and cover. But thank you for, uh, you know, uh, enlightening me on, on this yeah. because I was just listening to what what I've been told. I know. I thought the same thing too until I. I... I just I stumbled across that. I was like, wait, this is completely fake. Yeah, it's totally fake news. So now I got I really got to question everything now. I'm still questioning yeah. that moon landing, by the way. <laughs> so, it's not as yeah. well. But yo, man, I want to thank you for coming on the show and yeah, for really enlightening us and and you know school even giving us some uh you know insight on on the Bitcoin as well. But I would definitely. Yeah, I have a lot of other things I would love to pick your brain on and, and have you back on the show. Sure, anytime. Let me know. As long as uh, I'm allowed to. I, I, I managed to get away from four kids. I have, I have four kids. So like, I, oh, there's man. nowhere in my house I can go. So it's 
So like Smoke I go to one room with like a kid, like, oh no, play with me. I'm like, okay, no, we go here. <laughs> cool, cool. All right, well enjoy the rest of your evening, man. All right, cool. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good night, guys. And everybody, thanks for joining the Upgrade America podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And yeah, leave some comments and let us know your thoughts. Peace.